Welcome back to the Friar Talk YouTube channel and podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping the Padres Diamondback series, one of hopefully the most forgettable series of the season for, for us Padre fans. Um, and we're not going to be going live tonight. However, we are going to go live um, to talk about Jake Arrieta's first outing, which is, apparently it's written in on Wednesday. We haven't heard official news that he's signed yet, but it has been written in on, was it MLB at, at Bat Isaac that it basically had it in? Yeah, pretty much John Heyman said it. Um, I saw it on Bleacher Report. So I've seen a couple things saying he's penciled in for Wednesday. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're going to be doing this week. Um, tomorrow we'll have an episode out about, um, who was it? It was going to be Darvish and Paddock and just kind of like the expectations for them when they come back. But we can kind of get into this Diamondback series Uh very, very bad series for the first three games. Probably, I think, just the most aggravating first three games of a series all all season long. Luckily, Sunday, Fernando comes back, uh, you know, goes full Superman mode and hits two home runs, a double, and a two-RBI single. Um, dude absolutely tears the cover off the baseball. Um, and I, I don't know if you've seen the stats, but he's hitting like over 500 with, I think, four home runs in his three days where he's came back off the IL. He has been an absolute monster in those days. Um, but let's talk about these first three games first. Isaac, what were just your thoughts um, before Fernando came back this weekend? It was definitely some rough sliding for the Padres. Um, you never want to lose like that to a team like the Diamondbacks, the worst team in baseball. And when you see the stats that they brought up on 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 the during the game, the Giants, 14-2 and two against the Diamondbacks, I believe. So maybe it's a little higher. Um, the Dodgers also do really good against the Diamondbacks. Same thing goes for both of those teams against the Rockies and us. Um, we're either – we're like hovering around the 500 mark for both of those teams. And that just cannot be the case when it comes to, you know, trying to win a division. you got to be able to take care of the lowly teams in your division. That's unfortunately what the Padres aren't able to do. Um, you saw those first three games, the first one. I mean, can't, can't, can't say any lighter. Like we got our asses kicked. Um, the second one I believe is when Will Myers went, he had a good game, right? Um, that's the one Chase went to. So luckily for Chase, he got to see Will Myers ball out, but lost in walk-off fashion in the bottom of the ninth, Craig Stammen on the mound. Um, you, I mean, that was a gut punch after getting your ass kicked the day before. And then the third game you get no hits. So it was just, gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. And you can really see that the, the life was sucked out of this team. Like they looked uninspired. They looked like they looked like they barely had a pulse. And on Sunday, you know, Superman comes and he finally gives this team a pulse. It looks like he, he kind of revived this team in, in a way. Um, the no hitter from the day before was broken on the very first at bat of the next game. So that was good to see. Um, he provided the spark that this team needed and, it was a very disappointing series overall. You never want to lose three games in a row to the Diamondbacks, especially coming off a couple good games um, against the Marlins. And, you know, you lost four in a row in total. Um, those were obviously the, the darkest days as a Padre fan this year. And, and I mean, everyone can say, like, yeah, we're appreciative that this team is, is playing meaningful games in August. And, of course, I am too, especially after for so long. We, we haven't gotten that opportunity. But at the same time, like, I think we all came into into this year expecting to finish at least second in the division, and that's still very possible. However, um, we're ten games back of first, and that's not. I mean, that's great for the Giants. The Giants are playing some really good baseball, but 
we're just not playing good baseball against the teams that we're supposed to beat. And that, that, that was, that was showcased here in this series. Unfortunately, um, uh, I guess I could talk about the pitchers now. You Darvish, unfortunately, goes in the IL. That's very unfortunate. It's been pretty solid for us all year outside of, you know, when six stuff went away. He's been a little been a little rocky, but he's had a couple good outings since then. Um, Blake Snell, I actually thought had a pretty good outing despite throwing 100 and some pitches in only five innings. That's a lot, but I actually thought he had a pretty good outing, quality start out of him. So um, good to see him string together a couple quality starts. The one we did not expect, Joe Musgrove, got rocked. Unfortunately, didn't have a good outing. Um, and I, I've, you know, I feel like we've said it before. When he's on, he's a great pitcher. When he's not, he's not. Like he, he doesn't have it when he's not on. He, he, he's very rocky when he's not on. And uh, I see a lot of people say they're confident in him starting a wild card game, and I, I would say I am too for sure. It's just like it's scary for me. Like, I, I don't have full-fledged confidence the way the Dodgers would with Walker Buehler and Max Scherzer. Well, one thing I'll say real quick about that is, have you noticed that when he gets, like, when he has a rough outing, it'll be one inning where he yeah. really gets rocked. Yeah, he gets destroyed with just one. I think last outing, I want to say he, did he allow seven? Was it, were they all seven his or was it just six? I believe it was six. Six? Okay, so the last run just came later on in the game. He had, like, three scoreless innings after the first. But oftentimes mm-hmm. he'll come in and he'll pitch three fourth innings to start the game, and then the fourth inning they'll score four runs on him. And I'll be like, yeah. oh, he went six innings and four runs. But it'll be like he threw all five shutout innings, but then that that one inning he got rocked. It's, I don't know I don't know why that is, um, but it is a little bit interesting. Like if you it, and it's not like he doesn't like allow base runners the other inning. It's not like he's just like one two three. Like he'll get guys on, but it's like one inning where they score like all their runs. It's really weird how that's the case. Um, maybe that's just kind of how baseball's changed the mentality to like have a big inning. Um, but it, I don't know. It's just a little bit odd. Cause I've noticed it's like, it's almost always like that. Um, Darvish, of course, that was really unfortunate too. Um, Snell, Isaac, I think it's good that Snell's showing signs of life. Um, like this was definitely a frustrating series, but Snell is showing some serious signs of life. Um, and also like, even though uh, Musgrove had a rough outing, do you still feel confident in him? Yeah, 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 of course. I think, you know, every pitcher is going to have some rough outings. Unfortunately, just came at the at the time where all where our fan base, where the Padres in general are at rock bottom, really. Um, so it's just not very inspiring to see it. But, of course, I have some confidence in him down the road. I think he's going to bounce back. He's been a great pitcher for us all year. If you look at the ERA, he's, he's been our best pitcher. And, um, you know, I have no doubts he'll bounce back. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely – I don't know. I'm pretty high. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on you know the, those two guys. I think moving forward for the playoffs. Now I know Snell's not had the best year, but he has looked a lot better. Um, there's been some improvements made on this Padres team. I think Snell's has been one of the bigger guys of that. Where he you know if he actually you know if he puts his change up on timeout, which unfortunately we were talking about this before, and it kind of gets into I wanted to discuss this a little bit with you about you know Larry Rothschild, but his change up like he has to put it in timeout. And he's, I mean, he's talked about it. It's, it sounds kind of funny when you, when you hear him talk about it, but his changeup used to be one of his best pitches. And Isaac, do you want to talk about what we're, what we're kind of saying with the slider guys under Larry compared to the changeup guys under Larry? Well, I mean, the slider guys, and we know Larry Rothschild loves that slider. The slider guys have been pretty successful. The Nelson Lamette put up a Cy Young candidate type year under him. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, injury problems have kind of been a thing for Denelson the Met, unfortunately. But you know, under you know, under his tenure under Rothschild, had an amazing year. 
Um, say the same for Joe Musgrove, slider dominant, off-speed dominant pitcher, had having a really good year so far. And we always knew he had that kind of potential in Pittsburgh. Um, so coming to us, we we're kind of high on him because we knew he has the stuff. And and Larry Rothschild, obviously, like I said, loves that slider, and he's been very successful under him. Now, CC Sabathia loves Larry Rothschild. Um, I was looking at his numbers. CC Sabathia, I believe, and I don't quite remember what years he was under Rothschild, but I believe he was throwing the, the slider around 27 to 33% of the time under him. It's kind of a lot. Um, and that was one of his better pitches, I believe. And then you look at the changeup guys, Blake Snell, that changeup, one of his best pitches before he came to us. Now he doesn't even throw it. He doesn't have the confidence to throw it anymore. Um, and, and what is he throwing? What is he throwing more often than not? The slider. Now he's throwing that. Now that's one of his more, more thrown pitches. Um, and then we were talking about Paddock too. And Paddock doesn't throw a slider. Yeah, exactly. But he th- it seemed like his curveball this year has been a better p- pitch than his changeup. And he's a guy that, that was his like most dominant pitch. So, and also if you guys, because I think a lot, I don't know how many people like subs we had at this point or how many people were listening. But mm-hmm. if you go back a while, and I'll tag this video in here. We had, it was about three months, three or four months ago, we had a segment. It was called Injury After Injury. And it was just about the pitching injuries. And it's been concerning. We've been super <laughs> concerned about this. Um, and now it's kind of, now everyone's kind of getting on board of, of fire Larry Rothschild. And I don't even know if that's like, I don't know if that's even the answer. I don't think just firing him just fixes everything. Yeah. But there's a clear problem with the Padres is that pitchers are dropping like flies. And it seems that they've dropped, you know, even more often under Larry Rothschild. Now, there's also some serious developmental problems with, you know, a lot of these pitchers um, within the Padres organization. The hitters seem to develop pretty well, but the pitchers have not been developing as well. And like you look at all these hiccups with Mackenzie Gore, you look at all of these injuries, and especially all of these injuries to younger guys, Morahone, like a lot of guys in the minors have been getting hurt. Um, I mean, really just throughout the whole staff, but I'll tag that segment. I think it was from like three or four months ago. I'll have it on top in the description, but you still feel the same way, right, Isaac? I don't think he's the root for all of our problems. I think he's the root for some of them, just because, you know, this kind of sounds dumb, but he's not the one that goes out there and pitches. Um, So, I mean, overall, the the guys themselves got to be able to produce. But like I said, Blake Snell's, one of Blake Snell's best pitches back then was the changeup. And now, you know, obviously the slider looks good now, and that's what he's throwing more often than his changeup. Um, he's throwing the curveball too, but the changeup has completely gone away. Chris Paddock's changeup doesn't look the same as it did his rookie year, so that's unfortunate as well. His curveball does look a lot better, and it really, if you look like toward the back end of May, there's been a lot more quality starts out of Paddock than there has been crappy starts, where as in last year, there was a lot more crappy starts than quality starts. Um, so that's quite a development from him. But other than that, like I'm glad to see finally people are, are on board with, with, uh, you know, this whole Rothschild thing, because they, they, he, he's ruined some, like, let's be real. He's, he's kind of ruined some careers. People have come out and said they don't like him. And uh, of course, CC Sabathia, like that's a credible guy that you want to say like, cool, he likes him. So, you know, we should like him too, but there's other credible guys that, that didn't like him that, uh, you know, said some pretty bad things about him. And I think now, we're all looking at it and now we're all like, okay, now I see where these other guys were coming from. Um, so, I mean, something's gotta be done. I don't know if it's gotta be with Larry Rothschild. I don't know if somebody's gotta have to talk with him or if he has to go all together, 
Um, injuries are a huge concern. If I remember correctly, he had a lot of injuries in his past as well. Um, I'll have to look into that. On the Yankees, yes. Yeah, right. I, I remember that. Um, so, you know, something's got to be done, though, because Clevenger going down, Lamette going down, Morahan going down. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. We have a whole rotation full of pitchers on the IL and a bullpen. It's it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it really is. Kind of kind of my last question on, on Rothschild, and I'll answer it first, but should he be fired now? No. My answer is no. Yeah, my answer is definitely no. Um, I'm I'm very against ever like firing a coach in the middle of the year. I, I don't think that's how you get pushed into the playoffs. I think that like also I don't think there's really any chance that happens either. Um, so I don't want to see that happen. However, if this kind of keeps looking like it does to the end of the year, we are definitely going to revisit the conversation of should Larry Rothschild be fired. Like that's something that we will definitely do. Um, I'll also add on this part right now. We'll probably do the same with Jace Tingler, depending on how the year goes. And I also, I don't think I'm going to want to fire Jace Tingler at the end of the year. I'll say that right now. Like I'm, I'm expecting to say, you know, to move forward with Jace Tingler. I know a lot of people don't like that either. Um, but I'm not ready to exactly cut ties with him. It, it does seem like, and it's hard. Like it's a, it's a tough conversation. I just think that a lot of times when you fire a manager, that next year is a, a lot of times you take a step back and that doesn't mean that that won't eventually happen, but you don't want that to be in, in 2022, which has seemed like, you know, this really important year for when guys are going to get called up when CJ Abrams is probably going to be a part of this team when McKenzie Gore hopefully has, you know, his stuff figured out. Um, but we'll definitely rediscuss, like, you know, discuss those later on and, and in the off season. Um, but that's just kind of where I stand now. But what about you, Isaac? I don't think Jason Tingler should go anywhere, at least not this year. I know people have so far compared him to Andy Green and uh, former San Diego Chargers head coach Mike McCoy. I've seen a couple times you guys compare him to him. And I don't blame you guys. Mike McCoy would always go up there and say, you know, uh, we had a great week of practice. I don't know what happened today, um, but we're looking forward to having another great, great week of practice. And he was very chill at the podium for some reason. And you kind of see that out of Jace Tingler. You know, he doesn't really have that fire in him that people want out of a manager. He doesn't have that, that like, I guess, like, he doesn't fire you up. He doesn't get me, like, he, he, when he gets tossed out, personally, for me, when I see somebody get tossed out, I want them to get their money's worth. Jay Singler, far from, gets his money's worth. Um, it doesn't really look like he fights for his guys. Schumacher, I see a lot of people love Skip Schumacher. He fought for his guys. I love that out of him. But Jace Tingler is a, you know, I think he's a good manager. I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he's crazy great. But, you know, the talent on this team, he's going to be able to do some stuff, some good stuff with it. Um, I like the I like the way he has his team going, and like like I said, he doesn't have that fire. That's not the kind of guy he is, unfortunately. And I, I love that out of a manager, but I don't think Jason Tingler should go anywhere. Yeah, and also just so you guys know, initially we wanted Ron Washington to be hired as the Padres manager, like when they when they win hired Jace. So it's not like we're like, oh, we love Jace Tingler. That's not like that, but I don't think that he deserves to be fired at this point. Um, and if you disagree, like please let let, it, let us know. Like tell us why. Um, I get that it feels like they've been heavily underperforming, but I think that the excitement of this team, I think it honestly escalated like what we thought of them early on, especially this year because they lead the division early on and it makes you feel like, oh, like, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to be like, amazing. You know, they'll be the best team in the league because they start out like that. Um, 
but like my like what were your initial like kind of like i don't know what did you think early on because i thought this was a wild card team and i and i still think that they can win it it's getting a little scary but like where are you at like overall with this team right now because i think that's the big question i think everyone's kind of thinking is like where does this team stand now two and a half games above the reds it's not that much it seems like i don't know it's been concerning i think it's definitely been concerning but where do you stand with this team? And then we'll take off of this recap. I know we're not really recapping it, but it seems like we've hit a big moment in the season. <laughs> yeah, um, I think coming into this season, I, if if anyone expected us to win the division, you're a very positive fan. Um, I expected us to – I mean, like, I didn't expect us to be this far out, though. Ten games out, like, that's pretty ridiculous considering, like, we went out there and we got the pitching that we needed. It hasn't It hasn't come to fruition it doesn't really feel like it's come to fruition all year. Um, but I expected this to be a wild card team, but I didn't think we'd have to face the Dodgers if that was the case, or I guess you could still say the giants if they somehow blow it. Um, but I, I expected this to be a wild card team. I expected it to be a home wild card game. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it'll be a home wild card game, but full, full on expected this to be a wild card team. And I, I and I mean, if, if it comes down to that one game playing, I'm, I'm confident this team can go out there and, and, and win. I've said it in the group chat that we have. I said that, you know, at this point, division seems kind of out of reach. It seemed like it was out of reach a long time ago, even though I was very optimistic that this team could still pull within a couple games. Um, now feels out of reach. Now we just got to get to that game. Um, I mean, that that's really it. Now we just got to get to that game. And, and this team has the energy. They have the confidence. They have the swagger. They got it all to go in that game and and say, you know, we're the real deal. We're about to, we're about to beat the Dodgers. And we're going to show why why we're one of the best teams in baseball and why it's time to stop, you know, calling us the fraudres and saying, you know, everyone, people like us. But, you know, it's just time that this team goes out there and they need to start playing some quality baseball here soon because the Reds, the Reds schedule doesn't get any – any tougher like it's super easy and this team schedule only gets tougher from here on out so this team needs to go out there start winning some baseball games pitching staff needs to come around um jake arietta obviously i don't think many people love the signing but it's just a matter of um maybe he needed change of scenery and and we're not going to get into any any politics or anything baseball channel um <laughs> but you know it's just a matter of how, you know we just got to hope he goes out there and provide some quality outings yeah, so I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, like I said, we're going to be talking about you, Darvish, and Chris Paddock tomorrow. Um, and then on Wednesday, we're going to go live. I don't know what time we're going to go live yet, but sometime, maybe like right before the game, like we sometimes do. Um, and we'll talk about the Arietta move as a whole because it seems like it's pretty much concrete, but we can never trust now because uh, of a certain other close trades. Um, sorry to bring that up, everybody, but I, I kind of had to. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Also, if you guys listen on podcast form, we're gonna start posting the podcast every day. So we're gonna do segments on YouTube and segments on podcasts moving forward, but that's gonna do it for today. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.